Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Infinite Potential of Being Human podcast. Revealing and unconcealing, what is it that is getting in the way of our potential as human beings? Exploring the power of the body-mind and our current relationship with reality. Together, I want to dive into an inquiry into what is happening in our world today and who we are being and how we are living in it, both individually and as a species. What is it that is keeping us stuck, causing us to repeat the same patterns and cycles? What is getting in the way of our potential and our evolution as a species? I'm Nikki Clinch, and I am your host. I will be sharing the science, research, and many human stories on why we are the way we are and what is required for us to outgrow our current way of being and birth a new possibility for ourselves. Because now is the time to remember and to discover our infinite potential of being human. Welcome to the Infinite Potential of Being Human podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Infinite Potential of Being Human podcast. This is episode three. I hope that you have been listening to the episodes so far and that you have been finding them useful. We're going to keep diving into this whole inquiry into why we are the way we are as human beings and what is it that's blocking our ability to not just fulfill and embody, but live in alignment with our actual potential as a species. So today we're going to dive into a topic which really follows on from episode two. In episode two, I spoke about what's happening in the body and the mind and how it correlates with this sense of self that we have, that we call our identity. What's actually happening as a mechanism, as a, a system, a survival mechanism in the body-mind, which is entangled and connected to our sense of self and our identity. And it is in fact a blind spot because we don't live like we have consciousness over this mechanism of the body-mind that entangles with our identity. We live as if what is flooding the body-mind led by our identity is real and true rather than a repeating something, a repeating pattern, a repeating mechanism given to us by what's in the memory bank, the memory bank of the brain, mind, body, brain, mind, body. So today I want to keep diving deeper into that because it's such a fundamental issue to our species and also to your individual life. Why is it that our problems keep repeating? Why do our patterns and our problems keep repeating no matter what we do, no matter how much we try to shift it or change it? You know, you've changed the body, you got the flat stomach, it didn't quite make you feel as free as you were hoping. And then you put on the weight and you still don't feel free. Or you change the partner and you still end up feeling alone or not chosen. Or you choose another partner and after the honeymoon phase wears off, you find yourself experiencing yourself 
in similar or identical ways through your life. And then you try again, or maybe if I do this, this will make it feel better for a while. And it does, it's temporary. We feel better for a while, but then after a while, there's this kind of always already dread as the familiar way of being is magnetically dragging us back in to how we know ourselves, to this sense of ourselves and how the world appears to us. That kind of sinking feeling of, oh, here we go again. Am I really here again? And then, and I say this because this is what I have seen consistently in working with so many people, is that that place where it happens again and you're like, what's wrong with me? What am I missing? Am I more broken than anyone else? Maybe I just have to kind of suck it up and deal with it. With This is just the way that I am. I hear that one a lot. It's just the way that I am, Nikki. Well, is it? And this consistent kind of sinking resignation that can start to sink in, where the patterns have repeated so many times that we just kind of go, oh, well, I guess that's as good as it gets for me. And boy, is that a killer of dreams. Boy, is that a killer of potential, of power. And really that's what I mean when I say potential. That we as a species seem to have a whole nother planet of power that we have yet to fully access in our ability to work with and use consciously. We are extremely powerful. And in fact, the more you listen, the more you'll discover that you are already so powerful that you are creating your whole world. But predominantly, we're doing it within blind spots. So therefore, it is unconsciously happening. And anything that is unconscious has power over us, is living us, rather than we are the ones with consciousness over it. We have the ability to, with power and consciousness, create and generate our worlds with consciousness. And really, that's what I mean by potential. And the only way to really distinguish the possibility of our potential as a species is to start distinguishing all the ways in which it is being blocked that we can't see, bringing awareness and consciousness to what we cannot yet see so that we can gain power. Consciousness is actually a a power. There's nothing more powerful than consciousness. And so today I want to dive into why is it that our patterns keep repeating? And I want to speak to you on an individual level in your own life, but also zoom right out and really take a good look at us as a species on this planet. We seem to be repeating the same old stuff over and over and over again. It's happening in almost every system, the medical system, the political system, the banking system, We seem to know what the right thing to do is, and yet why is it that we don't really do it? We know war is an absolutely useless act, and yet we still do it. There seems to be a repeating 
way of being, a repeating cycle in how we are being human on this planet. And in the meantime, we're causing quite a lot of destruction, a lot of destruction. And so I want to kind of look at the individual and also the entire collective. This is a conversation for you in your life. Why are your patterns repeating in your life so that you can take this into your world and bring it into a very practical sense into how it can have an impact and change on who you are being in your world, but also infinitely looking at what is happening in the world. Because you and species is the same. Have you noticed that all the problems that are happening in this world are being run by humans? Like if you really watch like a flock of geese or, (laughs) I don't know, a herd of buffalo, they seem to kind of function pretty well. But all the problems, significant problems that are happening in our world are consistently run by human beings. So is it that we need to keep looking at changing the actions that are causing the problems? Or do we need to start looking at the human being that is repeating the same problems? The way in which we are being human that seems to be ineffective to creating fundamental change in the cycles we are repeating. And I also want a presence that we are also at a time right now on the planet, if you hadn't noticed, where this invitation for change as a species is very present. In fact, I don't think our evolution as a species has ever been more present. And usually what comes hand in hand with the birthing of a new possibility is the destruction of what has been getting in the way of it. And so when you look at the world, there is a lot of breaking down happening. There's a lot of destruction of systems and structures that we have just relied on and known as the way it is, and they are breaking down. There is a fundamental shift in the paradigm of which we are living. And what actually creates a paradigm shift If there is enough questioning from human being of the way reality, we've just as a collective agreement agreed that it is the way it is, and there's enough questioning of the way that we just agree it is, it starts to shift the way reality appears. And then these old fixed structures start to dissolve and break down opening up the possibility of something new to be born. And that is the same process to happen in you, in your individual life. If you are willing to inquire enough, question enough, who you have been being, what is it that has been running your life? Why does your world appear the way it does? Why are you the way you are? If you're willing to genuinely question and ask those questions, 
with a genuine inquiry and curiosity to discover the answers to those questions, it will have a fundamental impact to how your world starts appearing to you because your world and where you're looking from are not separate, which is what I'm going to dive into today. The appearing of our reality is not separate from the one that is seeing it. Why our problems keep repeating and starting to dive into the understanding and hopefully the experience of the vicious circle, the vicious circle of the human condition, the vicious circle of the human condition where we keep trying the next thing to feel better, get better, get somewhere, achieve something. And then we fall back into the same old pain or suffering. And then we try again to solve the problem of the suffering and we feel better for a temporary period of time. And then we come back in to the same old suffering and then we go round and round and round and round and round again. And I can tell you, I have had people in my programs in their eighties and they are still going round. Well, Hopefully now after they've done the work that something significant is shifting. But the point is, we hope and we dream that one day, someday, I will just finally find that magic answer that will get me out of this way of being that I can't seem to be free of for longer than a temporary feeling better moment. And we hope that that one day, someday will come and that one day, someday is always somewhere in the future. And you notice we never quite get there. Even when you get the flat stomach, you still experience the unworthiness or the not good enoughness or the invisibleness. Even when you finally get the husband or the partner and you discover that actually you still feel unchosen or lonely or unheard, or you finally get, make the million and then you discover that actually it's still not enough to make you feel safe because the unsafety is still there. That's what I mean by the problems that keep repeating. I know, I know millionaires that are lying in bed at night having panic attacks, that they're going to lose everything. We cannot have enough of what we never really wanted. There will never be enough money in the world if the problem that you're trying to solve is unsafety. I'm not safe. There will never be enough Instagram numbers in the world for you to solve the problem of, I feel invisible or I am invisible. There will never be enough chocolate in the world to solve the problem of, I'm unlovable. Can you see the dilemma? But we, we know this conceptually. We've read it. We understand it. But actually bringing it into a deep enough place experientially that it has an impact on who we are being and how we are seeing our world. That's another story. And that's what I hope to at least open the door to in these podcast episodes. And that is the work of maturation, body-mind maturation, starting to shift the way in which we see and distinguish ourselves and how our reality appears to us as if they are one coexisting creation. So why our problems keep repeating and understanding the vicious circle of the human condition? This is a consistent problem amongst the human species. 
that we as a human species are constantly trying to solve our problems. In fact, the wellness industry has become a trillion dollar industry because of just this. The human being, the human mind is consistently trying to solve the problem their big central problem, whether that problem is unworthiness or loneliness, or I'm not safe, or I'm not good enough, whatever the root problem is, we will use our whole life trying to solve it in a million different ways. And then the more that we try to solve it and it doesn't work, the harder we have to try, and then that doesn't work. And then we end up in this kind of state of resignation which is an absolute killer of aliveness, thriving, possibility. We kind of just live as if surviving and getting by or searching and reaching for the next thing is, I guess this is as good as it gets, but I know that someday I'll get there. Oh, but maybe I won't. But I know that someday I will. Oh, but maybe I won't. That's resignation. The kind of dream that there's a happy ending at the end of all this when finally one day, someday you'll be free or you'll be worthwhile or you'll finally get the answer. And all the while that we're stuck in this searching and grasping and trying and surviving to feel better, to solve the problem, our central problem, we're kind of looking for the life. But in the searching and the looking for the life, we're kind of missing the life. And it is the absolute root cause of so much human suffering. In fact, it is the it is a universal problem. In all the programs I've led, in all the programs my teacher has led all over the world, different kinds of human beings, different languages they speak, different, so many differences and, and things to distinguish us from being different to each other. And yet, when you go deep enough, we seem to be suffering from the same suffering. And that is what I want to unconceal here, the vicious circle of the human condition. So what causes this vicious circle that is like the never-ending hamster wheel that we can't quite get off? What is it? What's actually technically happening? So in episode two, and if you haven't listened to episode two, please go back and listen to it because it's super helpful. But in episode two, I spoke about this repeating flooding of experiential sensory experience with emotions that flood the body and get entangled and come with a a certain amount of mental noise and mental beliefs and thoughts. And this body-mind flooding floods our system and we think we get confused. It's a blind spot that it is real and true to the present moment of now. In fact, our past is flooding our system and blinding us, confusing the past with the present. The human mind does not distinguish past from present. It also can't distinguish real from imagined. So all the human mind has logged in the memory bank is whatever 
perceived threat to your survival that you managed to survive in your past, whether it's some kind of heartbreak or disappointment or letdown or betrayal or abandonment or humiliation or embarrassment. It can be big or small. It doesn't have to just be some massive trauma. It can literally be standing in the classroom and everybody looked at me and I was mortified. Or I wet my pants in the playground when I was four. Or I was screaming in the baby cot and nobody came. Like it can be anything because for children, these experiences are experienced as life or death. I remember my daughter, she must have been about four because it was before my son was born. And we were in the car and we were driving back home, but I couldn't find a parking space outside my house. I was living in London at the time. And so I just parked the car in a really illegal place right outside my front door. And I ran her in because she needed the loo. And I ran her in and I said, honey, go to the loo and just wait here for me while I go and park the car. I'm just going to park the car. So she ran into the loo and I shut the door to go and park the car. When I came back, I must have been away five minutes max. When I came back, she was crying her eyes out. And I said, what, what's, what's wrong, honey? And she thought I wasn't coming back. To a child's mind, to a child's brain, that is an existential crisis. There's no maturity in the development of a child's brain that there's a sense of time. Mommy will be back in just five minutes. Or when she leaves that door, there's a whole world out there that she's dealing with and she will return to me. No, children experience their world as their, only their world. Their world is all about them. So for a child to not be included in the group at school is an existential crisis. For a child to not be given attention to or loved by a mother and not have that bond or connection is an existential crisis. For a child to be forgotten or to be ignored or to, you know, I'm, these are all, for a child, a perceived point of threat. Even though to our adult minds, we're like, well, don't be so silly. You just stood in a classroom. No, when I have worked with people and I've worked with a lot of human beings, 100% of the time, the story, the survival mechanism goes back to some point in childhood where there was a perceived point of threat. And we'll call that trauma. But trauma, what we mean by that is wound where there was a, a split from one's authentic self that you went into some kind of survival pattern. And that can be anything. Like in the ex episode before, I speak about the baby in the buggy dropping the, the doll. On a practical logistical level and with an adult mind, you're like, why would that have an impact on my life? Because it's not just about great big wounds. This is the nature of the human condition. This is when, as soon as those perceived points of threat are happen, take place, it is stored in the neural pathways as a moment that we survive because the mind's only design function is to survive. It is a moment that we survived and is quite literally logged in the memory bank as a successful way of surviving a point of threat. And if it is a successful way to, to survive a point of threat and the mind's only design function is for you to survive, 
Well, it's going to keep looking for anything remotely similar and it will trigger it and do it again and do it again and do it again. So this body-mind flooding wired with this story, the conceptual story that we make about that moment is not just wired as a memory, but wired as a representation of reality. Child is standing in the doorway and father has packed his bags ready to leave. Child looks at dad, full of longing and heartbreak and sadness and frustration and disappointment. Dad turns around, blows her a kiss and walks out. That exact moment in time, the experience of the present moment in time for that child, sadness, longing, disappointment, frustration, confusion, and then the story that she tells herself to try to make some kind of meaning over an, a moment that makes no sense. I must be unlovable. And so the story with the experiential flooding is wired in the neural pathways. And you can only have an experience in the present moment. The moment that that moment has passed, it is stored as memory about that moment. And so what's wired in the neural pathways is all the emotional and experiential aliveness of that moment in time. It's stored as memory wired in the neural pathways with the conceptual story that we tell ourselves unconsciously about that moment. I must be unlovable or I am unlovable. Otherwise, why would he leave? Now, that gets stored in the neural pathways, not just as a memory, but as a representation of reality. And also a survive, perceived point of survival that the mind has registered that you successfully survived. So then that little child grows up and anything remotely similar to intimacy or love or connection, the mind will literally recognize, recognize as the same moment that needs to be survived and the body will be flooded with the past, the exact experiential memory and the story of I'm not lovable will absolutely be flooding you. And the blind spot is, is that you will think it is happening in now. You will think that it is happening because of the, the partner in front of you or the date that you're on or the, I don't know, we'll use whatever teacher in front of you. It's a blind spot. It's an entanglement of past and present that appears as if it is real and true and now. And then here's where it gets even more interesting. It will color the appearing of the reality that we actually see. The reality that we see is not just the way it is. We see a reality that appears to us consistent with the story from which we are looking. So that child has a story of I'm not lovable and has an association of intimacy with, you know, being left and rejected and abandoned and the flooding of those emotions, all of that will flood the system and quite literally 
how reality will appear will be through the veil, the, the lens, almost like you're wearing sunglasses of I'm not lovable and intimacy is will always leave me. That's the filter from which reality will appear. And every partner, every friendship will appear through that filter. And it is a blind spot. And then of course, that will give us our actions and choices and behaviors. We will behave in correlation to the story that we are in and the way that the reality appears. Yeah. And we don't even know it. It's a blind spot. I remember when I was nine years into my marriage and my husband and I were having the same fight over and over again for nine years. I'm not seen. I'm never heard that's how I would feel. And then I would go to him to try to talk about it and he would immediately feel trapped and judged. And then I would feel abandoned and betrayed. And then he would feel like he was unsafe and he would have to leave. I was convinced that I had to find another partner. If I find a better partner this time, he'll be what I deserve. He won't give me that. I'll choose someone that will see me. So I separated with him, my husband. In that time of separation, I dived into my own maturation around my relationship with intimacy. And lo and behold, what I saw was every single time I had that fight with him, different details, sometimes about the washing up, sometimes about money, sometimes about the children, sometimes about space in the house. Every single time I had that fight with him, the flooding of the emotional and sensory experience and the thoughts that were running through my mind were identical. Oh, well, if it's identical, then it's happening inside me. But I've been blaming him, but it's happening inside me. And I'll tell you what I also discovered. What was identical, it was exactly how I felt with my mother when I was a little girl. And so when I was in that marriage, I would be flooded by the past because that was the only relationship to intimacy or association to intimacy that my memory bank has, my mother. I would be flooded by the same experiences that I would have with my mother. And what would appear to me was an exact repeat to the dynamic with my mother. In fact, I never actually could see my husband. I just saw him, my mother, with his face on but I didn't know it. It was a blind spot. And then of course we react and deal with life based on what the past has flooded and the appearing of reality has given us. And that gives us our actions and choices, which are very limited because they only have to fit with inside that story. And then we wonder why we keep repeating the same patterns. The past is quite literally giving us our way of being. It is giving us our reactions and our actions and our behavior. And we're walking into the future every day carrying the past. And we wonder why we're repeating cycles. I want to read you something. This is from a study, a research study at Stanford University the Department of Neuroscience at Stanford University. And this is by a neuroscientist called Patrick Kavanagh. And so he was doing this study on how reality is constructed by our brain, what that means and why it matters. Well, it matters a lot, clearly. I just want to read you a little bit of this study. Basically, what he was trying to distinguish is why is it 
that we don't see what's actually there. We seem to see an appearing. We seem to see a distortion of what's there rather than what's actually there. There's a whole world of visual analysis and computation and prediction that is happening outside of the visual system, happening in the frontal lobes, Kavanagh says. That's where the story of reality is constructed. We don't see what is actually there. We see what the story in our frontal lobe gives us to see about what is there. In fact, it predicts before we've even got there, it's already creating a prediction about what we can see based on what's in the brain. And the remarkable thing is that even when we are told what is actually there, the human perception apparatus will still only see the appearing, the illusionary form. Whew. How many of you have been in a fight with your partner and you are completely taken over by something? And even though you are being told this is not actually happening, what you all you can see is that it really is. We don't see what's there. We see what our past, our memory bank, is giving us to see. I want to keep reading this to you because it is so mind-blowing. We are not seeing reality. Our vision, our consciousness, our awareness, conscious awareness, runs 100 milliseconds behind what appears. The dirty little secret about sensory systems is that they're slow. They're lagged. They're not about what's actually happening in reality, but what appears to us in reality. So the brain predicts the path of motion before it happens. It tells us a story about what is there. And then we get stuck in the story about reality rather than actually being able to see it. What he is saying is that consciousness, our ability to actually see, is slower than the reactive survival mechanism that colors what we see. And so most of us, when we're stuck in the vicious circle, is that we're stuck in letting the reactive mechanism and how it colors reality. We're stuck in that rather than allowing our consciousness to help us see more clearly because the reaction is faster than consciousness. The survival mechanism is faster than consciousness. This is not just you. This is the human condition. This is a human problem. We are living in a survival mechanism led that gives us reactive ways of being, compulsive ways of speaking. You know, when you just can't seem to stop yourself, but the words are already coming out and the actions are already happening 
that highly reactive state. And you look at our world right now and you look at cancel culture and how much conflict and volatility there is in the world, literally being driven and led by survival. And survival can only generate more survival. Survival can never allow life to be born. It can never allow thriving or life. It can only repeat more survival, which is why we as individuals repeat patterns over and over again, and why we as a species are also repeating patterns over and over again. It is survival-led, led by trauma, led by story, in service of trying to survive more. And all the while we are wondering, how do I find the aliveness? And this vicious circle gives us our way of being. Several years ago, when I wrote my book, I think it must have been like 2018, I had a brand that was called Warrior Woman. And I was even signed to write a book called Warrior Woman. And I was in the middle of writing this book. I wrote 50,000 words of this book. And I was, something was not feeling right. I was like, something doesn't feel authentic and real. But I had my entire brand based on it. I had thousands of followers following the Warrior Woman. I was signed by a major publishing house to write the Warrior Woman book. And hey, guess what I discovered? Warrior Woman was a survival pattern. Who even needs to be a warrior woman? The little four-year-old that was powerless and abused in her childhood, that the past was quite literally still present here and now and giving me my entire identity and way of being. What better way to overcome a complete sense of fear and powerlessness as a child, but by being the warrior? my whole actions and behaviors and identity. And it was an entire personality given to me, led by trauma. And we can't see it. There's a little part of us, from working with enough people, I've seen that there is a little part of us where every now and then there's a whisper. It's just whether we really listen, but there's a whisper and the whisper is like, am I living someone else's life? Is this it? Is this really it? And it's too uncomfortable to let in. So then we'll we'll just try to find the next thing. And the absolute fundamental beginnings of any possibility of evolving beyond this, maturing beyond this, outgrowing this survival pattern, this vicious circle, is to see it for what it is. There is nothing more powerful than conscious seeing. It's the beginning of piercing the blind spot. We cannot have power over what is unconscious. So the first step is to bring consciousness into the conscious. And that is what the invitation is here. So I've got to 40 minutes. I'm going to give you an inquiry process. Listen to this episode, really let it in, maybe do some journaling around what's landing for you. And then I want you to actually look at this central problem, the biggest problem that keeps repeating in your life and start to journal what is happening in the body, what is happening in the mind and what seems to be consistent that keeps appearing to you. How many versions of your mother have you seen in your life? 
How many versions of your past keep appearing in every boss, in every relationship, in every friendship? This is not easy to look at, but if you can be courageous enough to look, the looking and the seeing is the beginning of an opening that can never be accessed from a place of blindness and survival. Consciousness is the beginning of coming home, of healing, of evolving, of maturing. So please do share with me any aha moments, any insights that you see or hear or land for you. Share them in the comments below the video, or you can write to us at support at nikkiclinch.com. You can write to us, ask us questions, share what's landed for you, if anything has created shifts for you in your world. And if these podcast episodes have been useful to you and you feel that they can be useful for someone else, please do share them with your friends and your family and the people that you love if you think that they can be of benefit to them too. And the most generous gift that you can give to me and to this podcast is to go to Apple and write a review and give us a star rating, which will allow the podcast to reach as many people as possible. For now, thank you so much for listening. I'm Nikki Clinch, and this is the Infinite Potential of Being Human podcast. Thank you so much for listening to the Infinite Potential of Being Human podcast with Nikki Clinch. That's me, your host. If you are interested in understanding in a much more deeper way why we are the way we are as human beings, why your life unfolds the way it does, and how to access this extraordinary power and potential that is already there within you, within all of us actually, that you are curious and interested in how to access it, how to embody it, and how to start living it. And whilst discovering all these things about us as human beings and our infinite potential of being human, hopefully answering some unanswered questions as to what is happening in our world today. If this is what is calling you, then please do download our free three-day masterclass, Breaking the Cycle of Repeating Patterns in Your Life, Relationships and Business. Or you can head to our website, www.nikkiclinch.com and enjoy yourself with all the information, checking out the courses and the workshops and our offerings on there. Thank you so much for listening. 